So Rebecca, I have an email from a patron who wants to describe for us what her therapist was doing. And I've done episodes like this before in which I, I had one episode in which I titled Stupid Shit That Therapists Do or something. <laughs> and so this, I think I'm going to probably title it More Stupid Shit That Therapists Do. So uh, would you be interested in hearing about sure i love hearing other people's mistakes yeah all right well this someday just don't have an episode called stupid shit rebecca has done yeah, <laughs> yeah. that could be a very long episode <laughs> this is the psychology in seattle podcast i'm your host dr kirk honda i'm a therapist and a professor who are you rebecca I'm someone that met Kirk Honda long ago and still choose to spend time with him. I'm Rebecca Bloom, and I'm a mental health counselor in Seattle, Washington. Do you remember how we met exactly like the first time? I'm we... sure we were sitting at a staff meeting together, nope. and we looked across the crowded room with our eyes locked, and we thought, you're under 40, and I'm under 42. Yeah. <laughs> Please come closer, because everyone else in here is 60 or over and doesn't know what the internet is. Yeah. I want to know you yeah. and talk about the modern age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was actually more specific in that you were the Sakai expert. Oh. And you were. That was a good gig for me. You trained me. How, oh, did how, you really? That's yeah. hysterical. You probably didn't need any training. Oh, no, I did. But, yeah, so Rebecca was in charge of training new faculty or maybe all the faculty, all faculty. on how to use this one uh, education Internet platform thing. Similar to Blackboard. Most yeah. people have Blackboard. So, yeah. yeah. So people would come in with their ancient laptops and say things like, I have the Google. Yeah. And I would say, yes, yeah, we're going to help you put the Google so that all your students can see what you like on the Google. <laughs> uh, but it was a great gig. It was totally, I love that gig. Yeah. Yeah, you were very patient. And so you came into my office and trained me on that. And we got to talk. You saw my pictures on my wall. And we got to talking about different things. And and then we we're like, oh, yeah. So we're the, we're the youngins. <laughs> um, there's a lot of new instructors now. Uh, at Antioch, and so in a lot of ways, I'm old now. Yeah, now I've, I'm definitely not the youngin. That's for sure. I mean, we had a core faculty member in his 20s. Whoa! So imagine that one, you know. But that yeah, back in the day when it was me and Rebecca, like 40 years old meant very young. Like, I mean, we weren't 40 then. I don't know. I wasn't. I was maybe. I can't remember how long ago that was now. Well, I was oh. 09. I was 38 at the time. Okay, so I was the same. Yeah. So, more stupid shit that therapists do. Alright, mm, so this is from, from an anonymous patron. She writes, uh, My therapist needed to move buildings and when she sent out an email stating the new address, she, she cc'd everyone on her whole pa patient email list. No, 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 no. It's, instead of blind copying everyone. <laughs> My my kids' teachers were on the list. Mm. Hockey coach's wife, Ooh. the PTO leader, and other friends of mine. I, I'm guessing she lives in a small town. As a result, I quit working with her. With my mm -hmm. new therapist, I think I dragged him along a therapeutic death march before <laughs> before I would actually trust him. Mm. Poor guy. Please tell your students to double-check who they are sending info to before they hit send. Any thoughts, Rebecca? Uh, you know, yes. Um, obviously, 
it's some therapists don't uh, aren't as aware of technology as others to avoid things like this. I actually still go super old school and like gives out, I give out strips of paper. I don't even email people <laughs> this kind of stuff because I'm so afraid I'll do something stupid. How do you get um, Like, do you send a Raven? How do you get the strips of paper? Uh, no, I like, I, I only alert the people I'm currently working with that I'm moving and I give them like a, you know, a piece of paper with my new address on it. Ah, when you see uh, them. When I see them. Wow. Yes. Yeah, that is old school. All right. She goes on and she says, my last therapist was late every time and seemed to think it was just a charming personality quirk. We live in a small town where one can easily leave their office, run an errand, or even run home quickly. There is no traffic to worry about. She seemed to think this meant she needed to leave her office every time she had a short break between clients and was always at least five minutes late getting back. As an added we live in a small town note, both my sister-in-law and a close friend were her clients as well, and it became a running joke between us that she would either be late or would text the day of the appointment and ask if she could see you at a different time. I started keeping track after a while, and she did that to me seven out of nine sessions at one point. Any thoughts about that, Rebecca? Uh, you know, some people are flaky. Some of my friends are chronically late. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say, like, if she's always chronically late... If it's an issue for you, it's not going to work. I had a therapist that was chronically late, and I just had to stop seeing her. She always had a different excuse, uh, but it was just a sign of disrespect. But I know, like, some weeks I'm chronically running five minutes late, and I get out to the waiting room five minutes late for every session. I try not to always be that way. But, yeah, there's some people, you know, there's no part of – being a therapist that says you have to have good time management skills. We hope that you do. Um, but a lot of people don't. Yeah. I hope I don't insult you, Rebecca, as I go on a tirade about the the necessity of being punctual as a therapist. This drives me fucking nuts when therapists are late. Now, you know, once or twice or, you know, every now and then being late, you know, fine. To me, I require my students and supervisees to be on time as a way of of socializing. Because like you said, there's some people who are flaky. We all have that family member who's always late to Thanksgiving. We all have that friend who we just know you have to ask them to come an hour or half an hour early. <laughs> you know, we have those people. But those people can't be therapists. And they, you know, they shouldn't be the sort of person that they need appointments. And because clients are you know, they're kind of, they're powerless. They can't fight back. Uh, if you're, if your pizza's late, you can go to a different pizza place. But when you lock in with a therapist, you're kind of stuck. And so it's up, to, it's up to us to shepherd people's well-being and, you know, and their, their treatment that we're, that we're there not, not only on time, but early. And to me, it's like, you know, are we 13 years old or are we adults? You know, I, I've I've had probably back of the napkin estimate 20 to 30,000 sessions. And I can remember being late five to 10 times. And, and each one of those times I remember because I was so mortified and it was so unique. Now, I am one of the most punctual people <laughs> I have ever met. So I don't expect everyone to have a 
0.01%, you know, late rate. But I'm just saying if, you know, if you have a therapist who is late seven out of nine sessions at one point or tries to reschedule every single time, it's going to feel bad to your clients. And like you, Rebecca, people are, you know, when you terminated with your therapist to do this to you, you know, people are going to terminate. And I think that you you don't want that, right? So No. And plus, it's not fucking hard to be on time. You have a watch. You know, the whole thing about people's schedules is follow it. Just follow your schedule. And if your life, if you're like, well, you don't understand, you know, I, I have 5,000 children and I have 15 dogs and it's like, well, then you can't be a therapist or you have to have half the amount of clients. That's just the way that it is. Or get a job that doesn't require you to shepherd people's lives, you know, and be responsible for people's lives in this way. Um, so, you know, that's what I have to say about that. Now, I have actually managed to break flaky people of their flakiness. Ooh, how do you do that? I become extremely scary as an instructor and a supervisor with them. Um, I will call them out. Like I, I had a student this quarter actually who came to class late the first day. Oh, Decky. Yeah, and and there's always one, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I you know, just calmly said, oh, so you're late. And she says, yep. And she seemed totally fine with it. Now, I don't know what's going through her mind, but I'm just saying from my perspective, she wasn't like, she, I could, there's a number of different reactions I'll get from students who are late. You know, some will be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. It'll never happen again. And then I'm, and I can tell, oh, they're like me. They, they hate being late and they are really going to, they're going to be extra careful in the future with me because they are they already feel bad i mean like one time for me in a similar note my phone went off when i was a student in class and i was so mortified that i was you know triple checking my phone from then on out and so so now this student walked in and although i like her as a student she she just kind of looked at me and she's like yep late and i was like so what's going on? And, you know, normally students don't expect a, an instructor in the middle of class to just ask you, like, so why were you late, you know? And I just asked her nicely, you know, so what happened? She's like, oh, well, my job ends at, you know, a certain amount of time. And so that only gives me a certain amount of time to get here. And I did a quick sort of calculation in my mind, and I was like, you're going to be late every time to class because, there's traffic in Seattle, you know, a news break, and <laughs> and you're just never going to make it. You're, I mean, maybe one out of ten times you're going to make it on time. And she's like, yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll be late. And I was like, well, how about we change your work schedule so that you can be to, be to class on time or you drop this class? How about that? And she was like, oh, okay, you know, and then she's been on time every single time now. <laughs> so now there's a number of different things happening in that interaction. I'm not letting a late student just be late, right? And also, all those other students are watching me, you know, talk to this person. And then I proceed to have a, have a little speech about how therapists can't be late. And if you're, if you're the sort of person that's always on time, then you don't need to change anything. But if you're the sort of person that's late occasionally, you got to stop that because your clients depend on you and you can't be that way anymore. So I am very 
militant about mm. being on time. And again, what I tell people is being on time doesn't mean being on time. It means being here early. Yeah. Uh, right. Because there's always parking problems or, you know, traffic problems or bathroom problems or something. And because some people think like, well, I was in the building on time, but I had to go to the bathroom and I had to make some copies. And so that's why I'm late. And I'm, I'm like, you're still late. You know what I mean? Like there's I don't understand some people's mindset. You know, they just have this very squishy mindset when it comes to appointment times. And, you know, if we lived in the sort of culture or society where it didn't really matter, and, but then maybe it'd be fine. But, you know, clients show up on time and they want they're paying for a service and, you know, it just feels crappy when when your therapist doesn't have at least the common courtesy to value that appointment time, you know. And it taps into many people's abandonment issues. Right. Which is that the adults in their lives didn't show up for them when they were kids. And then now their therapist is playing that same game. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And as I said earlier, because it taps into that transference they a lot of clients will feel like they have no power and they can't they can't speak up against it because they're reenacting that that dynamic with their parents and so you're basically re-traumatizing some of these people you know what i mean anyway so let's take a break and when we get back we'll continue there's there's more there's more stupid there's shit more st- stupidity oh, i'm so excited all right, we're back from the break. If you haven't already become a patron of the podcast, do so. Go to patreon.com, become a patron of the podcast. Do it. Do it now. All right, more stupid shit that this therapist did. Okay, the anonymous patron wrote in and she says, the other thing she did was put her foot in her mouth about sexual trauma. For instance, I told her about an incident from childhood and she asked if the perpetrator had sex with me. And I said, no. And she said, oh, good. At least you weren't raped. Oh, boy. Any thoughts about that, Rebecca? Well, you want to allow people to define uh, what's happened to them in their own terms. Yeah. So when a therapist uses loaded words like, oh, that wasn't rape, that can really uh, put the burden on the client feeling like there has to be a certain uh, recipe for traumas to be worthy to come into therapy, and that's no good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're being a lot nicer in this person than than I would be. Uh, all I have to say is just like, are you Donald Trump? What what is wrong with you as a therapist that would say such a stupid, ignorant, non-therapeutic, uncaring, uncompassionate, low IQ'd statement like that? I mean, what is your point as a therapist? Oh, good. At least there's so many things wrong with that sentence. One is it's like you're hoping a client doesn't have you know intercourse like and you gauge sexual trauma by whether or not a penis goes in a vagina like that's your that's your scale of whether or not something was you know more extreme than otherwise like people can be sexually traumatized without penises being involved at all so what is wrong with you i mean oh okay going on anonymous <laughs> just just imagine that rant goes on for another five minutes so. <laughs> yeah. but we can just move on yeah uh i've learned long ago that i just need to snip those rants in the bud because <laughs> there's just no sense all right anonymous patron goes on then later when i talked about a sexual assault 
from a while ago. She said, I hope you didn't drink. Oh, no. I hope you don't drink like that anymore. Oh. Then she quickly backpedaled. That that should have been my clue to run for the hills, but I stayed. The final straw was a few months ago. Unfortunately, I experienced another rape. Because I am an overachiever who gets traumatized while in therapy for trauma. She's making a joke, of course. She says, I was at a wedding and my husband was present and it still happened. I called my therapist the next day because I was obviously upset. The first words out of her mouth were, I can't believe you would get that drunk after what happened to you in the past. Needless to say, I no longer work with her. I did my research and found a competent, compassionate therapist who specializes in trauma. But after comparing notes with my friend who also had a trauma history, I'm starting to wonder where this lady got her training and how the hell she maintains a private practice. Mm-hmm. Have a good day and, <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> and don't be a therapist who does stupid shit, she says. <laughs> uh, any thoughts about this? Well, yeah, not everybody is a good therapist. I have heard many stories of many experienced therapists saying stupid shit. Yeah. Uh, it, it happens. I've been accused of saying stupid shit. Um, not like this. No, I hope, you know, hopefully not. Um, oh boy. What else can I say? I mean, imagine one of your clients gets raped, sexually assaulted. And in that session, you say, you basically imply, well, it's your fault because you got drunk. Cause you drink. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't even think the average person does. Stu- I mean, I guess you know, lots of Americans do have those attitudes, but I don't think the average person is like that anymore, but, and let alone a therapist. I, I asked this anonymous patron for more information and I actually went to this therapist website. Ooh, super snooper. Yeah. And found that this therapist is a master's level therapist and is a, a licensed psychology associate. What's that mean? Yeah. It's a, it's a rare thing in, Texas and North Carolina and maybe a few other states or something. Licensed psychology associate, a master's level license, because we all know licensed professional counselors, LPCs. That's like mental health counselors in other states. But licensed psychology associate, it's weird. Um, But it basically means you're still under supervision. Oh. And you're qualified to practice and you're, you know, you're, you've already graduated. So, this person has a supervisor, which means that this supervisor should know what the hell this terrible therapist is doing. The anonymous patron has one more one more point. Whoa. She, Keep she, it coming. She also she also well what's what's one more thing that she hasn't done that you you know, what cat she, there's another uh, big category. She, she's invited the client over for a sleepover. <laughs> that, uh, that's a good guess, but it's not what what's no, another what's another category of like common just like uh she invited the client to her church yes what she pushed religion on me on two occasions do i get some kind of do i get a free mug yeah you get your mug on the mug mug in in our first session she asked if i was religious or if religion played a role in my life i said no i told her that i actually felt a bit uh, a bit bitter towards christianity then out of out of the blue, months later, she said, "You know, Jesus died on the cross for you. So, how, so how can you doubt that you are that you? How can you doubt that you are forgiven?" Mm. She, she also told me that even if I didn't know it, 
I was still a child of God, and so on and so on. She went on and on and on about it. Any thoughts about this? So has this patron reported this therapist to the board? Yeah. If this client is, if this therapist is still a candidate for licensure, this would be important for the state licensing body to know that this person is messed up on multiple fronts. Yeah. This person has so many deficits and, and is openly harmful to her clients to imply that a, you know, a victim of sexual assault, that it's their fault for having, for, for drinking at a wedding. Uh, but, you know, but drinking in general, you know, that doesn't give license to anyone to commit a crime on you. And, and it's not your fault to imply that to, to push your religion on someone to be late all the time. I mean, what box of stupid shit is she not doing? It's, it's incredible. Yeah. So patron, by all means, report her to the state licensing board or, and, or her supervisor, you can ask for her supervisor's name and she needs to give it. It should actually be on her disclosure statement and her website. But anyway, well, that was fun to uh, make fun of another therapist, wasn't it, Rebecca? It makes me feel so much better. It's also slightly depressing to realize that these sorts of things are happening, you know? Doesn't it feel depressing? And I think I've gotten into a pattern of being a little bit late, and I'm going to stop that pattern. <laughs> I knew. I was like, oh, man. Rebecca's late. I didn't think she. Was I did. I was. I'm usually not late. I will say there's been some extenuating, extenuating circumstances, and I've well. Well, how many are we talking about? Like. Well, lately, the, the like, problem is that I also manage the space that I work in. Yeah. And so I have two hats on when I'm there. Yeah. And that's a problem. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Are we talking um, like every session or like? No, no, no. Like maybe once or twice a week. I'm like less than five minutes late. Oh, but I, you know, on the scale of things, pretty light. Uh, you know, I thought I thought you were saying like every session in a day. No, no. Oh, okay. But you know, there are those weeks. I mean, I've heard this from other people. Like sometimes you're just five minutes behind all day, and that's just what happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, five minutes. And you get an extra five minutes. Probably mm. most clients aren't going to pull their hair out about that. But I, I I know people, therapists, people will complain about their therapist being half an hour late. And, no, no, no. Um, I, you know, I have one uh, colleague of mine whose therapist lives upstairs. So it's the her <laughs> office is downstairs. And so she comes into the office and can hear her therapist walking around upstairs. And then one time, a number of times, actually, like a handful of times, the therapist just forgot. But, oh, no. but the client could hear her walking around upstairs. And, and like, I think one time even the therapist walked downstairs and was like, oh, you're here. What, what are you doing? And my colleague is like, we have a therapy appointment right now. And she's like, oh, well, I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> it's just like, uh, it, you know, it really challenges my punctual Asian-ness to hear these kinds of stories. Mm -hmm. you know? 
Well, that does it for that episode of more stupid shit that therapists do. Thanks for joining us out there. Please do not do stupid shit if you're a therapist. And if you're a client and you experience stupid shit, by all means, talk to them about it and or their supervisor and or their licensing board. And in those ways, please take care of yourself. Why should people take care of themselves, Rebecca? Uh, boy, it's it's good for the environment. <laughs> it's good for the environment. What does that mean? What does that I don't mean know. Exactly? <laughs> I don't know what it means. It's the only thing I could think of. You ask that question every time we do this, and sometimes I run out of things to say. So, so you're trying to always come up with something new and unique and, yeah. and, and poignant. And funny. And funny. Yeah. Well, this one, that, one, that one quite possibly was the funniest one you've ever said because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that was a success.